going on everyone welcome to the latest episode of river city 93 i'm your host as always elliot barn is joining me as a man that loves a ethan brian banger but at the same time hates a set piece on goal it's mr matt myers how are you doing bud i'm doing good doing good you know uh you know look you know out look up i don't see nothing we're still at the top of the table we yeah. look, just looking down at all the uh, all the little people below us. And that, you know what? Matter of fact, let's talk about that point for us. It's weird because that I was gonna say weird, but there's two different conversations going on within the uh, Red Army and the supporters groups right now. Yeah, on one hand, you have a group of people like looking at every possible scenario to figure out like where we're gonna land at, how are other teams doing, and then the other hand, you're like. Uh, we're in. It doesn't really matter. We're going to be the one seed. We're good. <laughs> so, to decode this, this is the LA perspective versus my perspective on things. Yeah. Because, well, man, I'm... Oh, you're probably, you're probably still over there freaking out that we're not going to make the playoffs because we're not officially clinched yet. No, 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 no. I'm not worried about the playoffs. I'm just, Now I'm thinking about, like, all right, seeding. Like, where are we going to land at? Seeding-wise. Because I don't want to crack the bed on this. That's what I mean, I'm do you do you, do you believe in this team? Yes, I believe in this team. <laughs> you don't got a thing to worry about. <laughs> I believe in every every one of my teams. I just been burned too much as a fan. It's just like, uh. well, let's cycle back to this. Uh, you know, later on in the conversation, but the math is pretty solidly in our favor right now. It is, and that's the good thing. Um, even with my bad, the one-one result of last night's game, every other result in yesterday's game went in our favor more or less. Also, why am I coughing so much? Another result. Um, also, another thing that was funny. My bad, I lost my train of thought. That was funny was every game had a red card in it, which is pretty okay. funny. Every game had a red. I, I mean, come on, that's kind of hilarious. Do you think about it? Like every game ended up with a red card in it. Yeah, oh, I'm just tired of the whole discourse of, oh, you know, there's bad refereeing because there's cards. Maybe the players should, you know, get under control a little bit better. Oh, not, yeah, no, I don't, know, I don't. Not commit all the dumbass that's, fouls yes. constantly. Like no, like some of these players have horrible fouls and they actually get carded. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, but yeah, no, that. If the player gets the foul, the player gets the foul. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I want to ask you this, Matt, before we get started. What was your – how are you feeling after yesterday's game? The 1-1 draw, how everything kind of laid out. How are you feeling at this point? Uh, so in, in the very moment after the game, you know, it, it feels a little bit like you know, two points lost right there because I thought you know the guys, for the most part, played – you know, pretty well. Uh, you know, throughout most of the second half, it felt like the game was pretty well under control, except for that one moment of everything. And uh, maybe I've just been conditioned well by how this team you know, finishes down the stretch. But I had a lot of confidence that they were going to find a goal late and you know, take all three points. So stung a little bit in the moment. But uh, again, you know, the way the other results ended up going, you know, the team came out the other side of this week with a net positive in the standings, you know, overall. And I mean, even just staying level at this point is fine, you know, for the kicker's purpose because we're ahead of everybody. You know, so even getting, you know, an incremental boost, uh, you know, on a couple teams is a win. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's very true. And I mean, I think that is something, if you want to look at the positive of this game, like this team, even though when it was 1-1 at the same time, the team was still creating, still making chances. It wasn't as if nothing else was happening uh, under that 20 minutes. 
one thing that stuck out to me in this game was the amount of crosses that we had, but also the amount of crosses we had that didn't find the feet of people at the back post. Um, I can think of like three crosses that Bologna's had, another one um, that Richie had. And that kind of seemed like the gameplay going in, like was to get behind their back line, get those crosses. That's how the Ethan Bryan chance happened. It, matter of fact, Ethan Bryan had another chance uh, in the second half. I can't remember now if it was before. I thought it was before Fago scored, but he had one that he kind of hit kind of light into the goalkeeper's path. Yeah, and this isn't new. Like Anybody who's getting ready to play Richmond this year should know that a lot of the game plan is get it wide and more often not get it wide on the left and you know, get that cross in for Emmy or, you know, for a trailer, you know, to be able to, you know, hopefully tap in, if not hit him with a little bit more force. And especially in the first half, those opportunities were coming. They were coming you know, pretty regularly, whether it was Bolaños, whether it was Stu, whether it was Simon, uh, you know, you're getting you know, up and behind, but, uh, some of the times, you know, crosses just were you know, sticking a little too close to the keeper. Uh, there are a few that, uh, you know, nobody was really you know on the trailing run, so it ended up going behind everybody. Uh, so, in the macro sense, yeah, it was good that they were able to create those chances. But like you were saying, nothing really you know, connected and really you know, not a lot of danger came out of those crosses. Like I think, you know, Ethan's goal a little bit different than what we're talking about here in terms of you know setting up the plays. Uh, but overall, I and mean, again, if you you know, tell us that hey, you're going to get you know five, six you know good looks you know, from the you know crosses on the you know like clean crosses off the left wing, you're probably going to feel pretty good about those odds. Yeah, I think another thing too that kind of had me a little bit cause for concern was some of our set pieces. Obviously, the goal that we let up came off of a set piece, but just. It just felt like sometimes like the ball just got stuck in the 18 yard box, and it took us a while to kind of get it cleared out and up out the box again. Did you kind of feel the same thing? I mean, maybe a little bit. Like it'll ping around the box sometimes. That's I don't I don't really care about that. You know, to be honest, I think, uh, and we'll, I'm sure we'll probably come to this a little bit more. You know, but what we talked about this you know last show as well about you know where the goal's coming from. And you know, I know you talked to Darren after the game about that, how the goals keep coming from the same situations over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, we, we talked to him about it. By the way, fans, if you are interested in watching those post game interviews, you can do so if you follow us on Instagram or on Facebook. Uh, you can watch those there. But Darren mentioned about how uh, there was kind of like a net positive at the start of the year. Um, and now it's kind of been kind of neutral, leaning a little bit towards the negative. Um, but he said something that he takes responsibility for and that they're going to work very hard on practice. So I imagine the game for Tormenta coming out that they're going to be drilled really hard on set pieces and making sure that that clearance is there, you know, making sure they're settled there. Um, but I think the guy we haven't talked about here, but the guy we probably need to talk a lot about in this match is Ethan Bryant and the way how he looked in the midfield. Like, he pretty much controlled this entire game for the most part, for the kicker's part. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I couldn't tell, you know, he actually cut his hair a little bit. It looked like it was a little bit shorter, so maybe he's got like a reverse, you know, Samson effect going on. <laughs> you know, here, I mean, don't, don't be wrong, he still had, you know, some good flow going, uh, you know, but I felt like it was maybe, you know, trimmed down a little bit. Uh, so if that's the case, let's get him to the barber, you know, each Saturday morning and, you know, get, it, get him touched up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, everything you know, seemed to be going through him, you know, uh, through most of the game, and you know, really over the last few weeks, I feel like he's grown a lot more comfortable, a lot more confident with you know, kind of dictating play you know, through the middle. Like he he's always been somebody who's you know, been able to you know, kind of move the ball around a little bit, but you know, I think we're seeing him uh, getting a lot more you know, comfortable with being the guy who will you know, drop back and you know, help to progress the ball. A little bit more, and you'd be able to you'd be a little bit more proactive with what he does on the ball too, uh, and being able to be that outlet for uh, you know the whether it's the wing backs as they're you know pushing forward and you know looking for a one-two or you know looking to be able to you know, just play the ball inside, and you know he's able to make that choice of getting it back to them, or uh, what he does really well is you know receiving the ball and turning simultaneously to start to switch the field. Uh, yeah. 
you know, really, really good showing you capped off by the goal. Yeah, no, and I think I think this is a great way for us to kind of segue into that goal. Um, Matt, you also do a beautiful job of breaking that goal. So I'll lend it over to you, buddy, so you can break down this goal for us. Yeah, so surprise, surprise, uh, the goal comes from a lot of you know connected play down the left flank, you know, because <laughs> it's 2022 and it's the Richmond Kickers. That's what this team does, you know, quite a bit. So uh, I'll be honest, I don't remember who's you know connecting at the very beginning of the play. It you know, had to have been some combination of you know Simon, Ethan, uh, and Blanos, you know, if I remember correctly. Uh, but they're around midfield and you know, you know, a couple you know quick triangle passes together and Bolaños is released you know, going down the left flank. We've seen the story you know before. We'll see it again. Uh, but this time as he's you know uh, getting ready to you know approach the 18, he finds Ethan uh, you know with a nice you know, square ball. Uh, he picks it up 20-ish yards from goal, you know, right near the top of the D. Nobody's within a couple yards of him, so he does the logical thing, looks up, looks at the goal, and just pings it straight into the upper right 90. Yeah. Keeper didn't even move, you know, knew he didn't have a chance on it. And as simple as that, I mean, you get that open look, you know, as a professional, you should probably be expected to, at a minimum, get that on target, and he certainly did. Yeah, no. Uh, I think the day that made this goal even more beautiful was the fact that like the ball got stuck in the net. You know how sometimes like you hit a ball so hard, like it just kind of just rattles in the net for a little while. Made, made the goal really nice. But I think the key thing on this is this is a play that Richmond has been setting up their entire game. Like you could tell, like they made an intended effort of having that somebody like go into the box late, make that late run where the cross is coming in, and they kept trying it over and over again, like. Like you said, not all of them were connecting, but you can tell this is something that the kickers saw was the deficiency in Fuego's game, and they were trying to exploit it. Yeah, and I think it's the you know taking that early cross. Right, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't even feel right calling it a cross. It was literally just a straight up pass <laughs> you know, at that point. But you know, Belonis has established himself so much that he's a guy who. Is either going to you know take you on or take you, you know, to the end line, that it opens up that space you know to be able to play that square ball, you know then because if you're a defender, why are you expecting that? Yeah, right yeah, at that no, moment. That's true. that's true. And also on this play, which we probably talked about a bunch, is now Bolano set the league record for most assists in a USL League One season. Um, after if he didn't even realize that he said it, he thought like it was still 13, and we told him like no, that's the club record. So he still has the club record uh, left to break, but he he's broken Arturo Rodriguez's record of most assists in a club season in a league season, which is impressive, man. And I think I think this is the game that gives some MVP. I think with that record, possibly. Uh, yeah. well, honestly, I don't think this game necessarily you know, changes anything. I think if you thought he was MVP before, you probably still do. If you thought it was you know, MVP before, you probably still do. Uh, I think it was somebody else. I don't know what else happened. This what could have possibly, you know, been seen this week that would support anybody else, you know, really rising up the ranks. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I can see how he, you know, he would be confused, you know, by that announcement. You know, given that uh, you would think, you know, the team record would be the lower one than the league record. But since you know the leagues have changed so many times over the years, I get it. Yeah. So <clears throat> definitely get it at that point, but. Kudos to him. Um, he did well. Um, Matt, what, let's talk about this, like how Fuego kind of attacks this game. Because I know I get joked on now because I set up in a press box and watch the game because I am superstitious and know that if I sit in Section O during the start of the game, we won't win, which has been proven right so far this year. How 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 Saturday go for you then? We got a draw. We haven't lost when I sat in the press box. Yeah, you said won't win though. Okay, still, we haven't lost. <laughs> Maybe I'll come down to section O for the last game, and, you know, that'd be the game. Look, look, we, we understand, you know, you're Mr. Big Time now. You're... I am not Mr. Big Time. Please, do not believe this, man. I, I am a regular human being. Um, I just happen to have press credentials. So do That's I. <laughs> right. 
Oh, but no, like sitting on top, you can see how Fuego was kind of defending it like a full four two, and it seemed like Fuego. I don't know, man. Help me out here. It, it seemed like Fuego didn't know what they wanted to do, and it kind of gave Richmond license to dictate a lot of the stuff up until the the goal in the seventieth minute. But it just seems as if Fuego didn't want to press us, and they were trying to be more possession dominant. Rough felt like that's right. Uh, maybe. I mean, I, I would think that, yeah, that was a little bit intentional on their behalf, yeah. you know, to a certain degree. Because you know, I'm just pulling up the stats real fast, make sure I'm remembering this correctly. But yeah, I mean, the kickers had more possession than Fuego did. That never happens for this team. Uh, and I got to think that you know, Fuego's plan was. Give them the ball so that, you know that way you know, we can be you know organized and they can't hit us on a counter because that's where this team kills everybody all the time is you know being able to hit those kind of you know lightning quick you know counters up the flanks driving ahead that way and if you're able to keep uh you know nine ten behind the ball and you know, keep organized kind of cut that out a little bit yeah true so i could see that being you know a little more intentional on their behalf to you know, come in here and say, all right, well, let's try to keep organized. Let's try to you know, not get ourselves, you know, stretched, get ourselves in trouble in some way and see where the game takes us. Um, the back line, how do you feel like they did with Cheney, Bezev, and Cerritos? How do you feel like they handled them, that, that three? I feel like they did a decent job. Yeah, pretty, I mean, pretty well overall. Like, I can't think of too many, like, real – challenging saves that you know Kira had to make like there was one one in the second half that he was able to save and parry it all the way out for the throw in yeah uh but, but i think that was even kind of that was that was in a silhouette he was right close to it. it's not like he had to jump across the box to get there um, right. the only one that seemed kind of concerning is i can't remember if it was a corner free kick for us but i think it's when cheney uh, kind of broke away from Jalen, and Jalen had to follow him there near the top of the box. That's yeah. the only one that kind of gave me a little bit of concern, just because of you can see the speed difference. That's all. Oh yeah, a little bit, uh, but this team's always going to give up, you know, some shots. Yeah, yeah. We, we've talked about that, you know, endlessly you know, throughout the year. So I don't think we need to you know, get back into you know that conversation again. You know, at all, but I thought you know overall they you know, did you know, pretty well. Uh, yeah, they gave up you know shots. Most of them were off target or got blocked you know, yeah. early on. And uh, again, the, the high danger elements weren't that weren't really there all that much. It, it, it that's what I'm saying. It didn't feel like. I mean, outside of the goal that was given up, and I keep saying it because it was an old goal. Fuego didn't threaten us as much. It didn't feel as if, like, you, you know, games that we played against them in the past, it didn't feel as if, like, we were under the gun from them. Comparatively speaking, between this game and the uh, Chattanooga game, where Chattanooga game, we were under the gun there, you know. But this game didn't feel as if we were really there, you know. I mean, part, part of it, you know, back at home, the other team – I mean, most teams are, you know, more comfortable at home. You know, you're able to game plan around the dimensions and around the surface that you know. Uh, yeah. So I think that part of that goes into it. Uh, they, they cut down on the fouls right outside the box this game. That was nice. This is good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I think, you know, the only other thing to really, you know, look at moving forward is, you know, defending these, you know, crosses off of corners or off of free kicks that – have been the bane of uh, all of our existence as fans for the last month or so. Right. Yeah, listen, I mean, let's go ahead. Let's talk about the corner that happened. Um, I'm not going to lie. Once again, I was watching this in the press box, and there was a delayed reaction everywhere because we couldn't figure out if it was a foul. Because at first, when it first happened, I thought there was a foul because I saw Kira reach back across goal to try to save it. Didn't know it was a foul. Didn't know it was a hand and whatnot. What did you see, Matt? Did someone get a touch to it, or was it just a free header? I mean, somebody clearly got a touch. I couldn't tell you who touched it because even the the video replay from you know ESPN Plus can't really tell what goes on there. But the ball definitely you know, dribbled across, you know, 
across the line. Like the ball was a good three yards inside the goal by the time you know Akira was you know, trying to you know shovel it out. Yeah. Uh, so no question in my mind that it was a legit goal. It was you know just another you know, situation where you know somebody's not you know, getting that you know, first head to the ball and uh, you know we're not cleaning things up you know quick enough and. You know, at that point, you know, when the ball's within six yards of goal, if somebody gets, you know, hand, not hand on it, uh, you know, anything but a hand on it, you know, you basically just have to hope that it hits a cure because it's too close for him to have a realistic, you know, chance of saving it otherwise. Yeah, that's true. And, um, I mean, even the <clears> – my <throat> bad. When Nathan talked to – I think he was asking the referees, like, I talked to him after the game – the refs didn't even know who got a hit because I think they asked the refs. The refs, they was kind of just like, uh. so I think he got marked as old by Jalen, but I've also yeah. heard that Cerrito scored it, so who knows? Yeah, it was listed as Cerritos at first in real time. Uh, looks like it's been switched over to Jalen Ungol, which I mean, I think both he and Cerritos are probably not happy with. Like, no. Which is weird because that now this becomes Jalen's second own goal for the year, so yeah, whatever. That, that even all goals this year. Whatever. <laughs> even though, you know, I still love Jalen. Still love him. Um, there's one thing we do need to talk about. Well, before we get to that, Matt, let me ask, let's have a kind of conversation around set pieces. What can the kickers do differently, or is it just kind of like a thing of you're if you're going to give up a goal is is probably going to come from a set piece. You would rather be from a set piece than open play and get it cut up. I don't think so because I think your set pieces you should be able to be more organized and you know be able to be better structured, right? Because yeah. you can you can plan for how you want to defend it, you know, a set piece. Uh you know during the game things move a lot more organically and uh you know you can there's a lot less predictability you know there. Like yeah you might have a general idea of what your know, shapes will look like but you don't know for sure. Whereas you know on you know, corner, you can decide, hey, I want to play, you know, straight up man, or I want to play zone, or you want, I want to do some kind of a hybrid, you know, system. I want to have, you know, this certain guy, you know, uh, you know, attacking, you know, free to attack the ball, and uh, or I want, you know, you know, a guy on the post or not on the post. You know, there's a lot, of, a lot of different strategies you can be able to use. Uh, I think clearly whatever's being run right now has enough holes in it that something needs to be tweaked, something needs to be fixed. I'm not going to pretend like I know enough to be able to diagnose the exact problem because i'm sure if it was that simple darren would have probably seen it long ago himself and fixed it already you know but yeah you think it's just i know you say you didn't want to diagnose but i'm gonna ask you anyway like do you think it's just a simple issue of we're just not getting there first to winning some of these or do you think we're just being out that being physical enough it could be a little bit of both like you think back to the you know, Omaha scored on that header. Yeah, that was you know Skiers just beating Owain to the spot. Yeah, you know, on and I think we've seen something like that a couple different times. Like this one, you know, is just the ball getting thrown into the muck, and I don't know. Nobody you know got a you know, strong enough hand or strong enough he- not hand, I guess hand of Zakir or you know, head or whatever you know to it to be able to you know, get it at least a little further out from danger, you know, right then. Uh, kind of like, you know, the same sort of thing we saw with the second Chattanooga goal, you know, last week. Uh, you know, somebody, you know, wasn't able to get up and win the header at the far post, and then, uh, you know, nobody you know, was right there with, you know, uh, male in the middle, and he had a couple of cracks at it before it finally went in. Yeah. I'm not trying to have, like, selective river. I'm really trying to remember – for set pieces, Akira doesn't come off his line as much. Like he doesn't. Well, I mean, he's like five ten, and he's got a bunch of you know, yeah, you know, trees in front of him. But do you think that might be something that if Akira did come off his line, do you think that might change, or that's just a nuisance for him? I just don't think that's who he is as a keeper, right? Okay. Like if we had a six four keeper, like if it's you know Palmquist or somebody in there, yeah, maybe he does that instead yeah. because. Uh, it plays to his, you know, it played his strengths a little bit more, and he can be able to, you know, extend up and you know, more easily pick the ball off of somebody's head. Uh, 
I don't know if that's a McCure choice, if that's a you know, daring choice of wanting him to stay home. Uh, but I think that's something to you know, think about and consider. Like most times when you see you know, shorter keepers, you're not seeing them all the time go in among the trees and try to pick something out because you know, statistically, statistically probably a little less likely they're going to grab it. Whereas when you have like a you know, big old massive keeper like a, you know, Courtois or somebody – yeah, it's easy for them to just you know, go and snatch everything out of the air. Yeah, yeah, that's true, and that, that's very true. Um, so finish out at that point. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't make, talk about uh, our left back that got a little nicked up, Stu Ritchie. Um, talked to Derek after the game. I asked him uh, what's Stu's health. Pretty much, he said it was a lower leg injury, but he should be fine in one to two days. So that sounds positive. Um, my guess is. It looked like he was on his thigh or leg. I'm going with rolled ankle. Um, it just it just looked like a kind of like freak accident that kind of just happened. Yeah, I mean that's much better diagnosis than you, know, you would initially think when you see a guy go down non-contact in the middle of the field. Like you're you're thinking the worst at that point. I'm not gonna lie, my first initial feel was like, oh, that's his Achilles. Because he just the way how he went and no one really like tackled him or anything, I was like Oh, that doesn't look good. Yeah, he blew his knee or something. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully he's, you know, okay. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say anything else about that right now because he played, what, nine minutes? Yeah, but, I mean, hey, our our guy came in. uh, Well, they call him Simone Finch. Uh, Simon Finch came on, and he looked really well. Yeah, he played really well. well. you know, he was able to you know fill a lot of that role of getting you know you know up what you know the channel you know supporting Bolanos on overlaps you know he got in you know a couple times you know for you know crosses himself uh he's not you know the same attacking player that Stu is I don't think there's a reason to expect that but he more than held his own and quite frankly I I would say you know let's play him on Saturday against Tormenta you know not take any unnecessary risks with Stu right now give him a week to you know, really get back and, you know, recover fully, you know, because there's a little bit of, uh, you know, cushion to work with in the standings right now. And, you know, Stu or Cole have both, you know, shown that they can be able to fill that role pretty well. Ooh, that's a person I haven't seen in a while is Chris Cole. I haven't seen him in a while. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you there. I think playing Simon against Tormentors, you don't lose anything with it, I think. The team might should do very, a little bit well, a little bit better against Tormenta just because we know how Tormenta is. They're kind of relying on one big thing that's Kitesh Sterling. He hasn't really showed up against us, but we don't want him to. I think if Richmond can, you know, have a defensive fullback, man, I don't think it hurts anything. And he looked well going up there and helping out in the attack. Yeah, I mean, Stu played well against Tormenta, you know, last time they were up here. Uh, so all things being equal, yeah, I'd prefer him being in there. But like I said, why why run the risk right now? Yeah, no. Especially uh, at this point in the season, I think as days go, I, I think you want to avoid kind of like the big injury or the nagging injury. So if you get Stu a rest, get him ready for, I guess, Fuego at that point, or really against Greenville, I, I think that'd be okay. I think it'd be good to go. Yeah, there, there are bigger prizes in mind than – just the game on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Well, let's go ahead. Let's talk about that game on Saturday. Um, we got Tormenta coming up. Uh, Tormenta all the while. I believe, did he win on Saturday? I think they did. They won. Yeah. Um, won one nothing. Oh, yeah, they beat Ford Madison, who right now is on the verge of missing the playoffs. Um, they're, they're dead. Yeah. We can, go, we can go ahead and you know, hold a funeral segment for him right now if you want. Okay, let me ask you this, Matt. Do you – would you rather that game against Florida to be nothing, or would you want the possibility of being the team that knocks them out of the playoffs officially? Well, I want the game to be nothing because that would mean that we won on Saturday and the other results went right, so we're already locked up. They're already dead in the water, and we okay. can just go in there and just be like, look, we don't even care about playing you right now. This yeah. game is completely meaningless to us in every way. You are nothings. In this yeah. league, yeah. I, uh, I, I also want to just throw a little r- reminder out. 
you know, here, I know you weren't, you know, the one who put it out there, but you know, you know, your friends over there on Walking 90, you know, you remember a couple months back when you all were talking about like your panic meters for different teams? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You remember who they declared safe? For, oh, they did. They did for Madison. Good call, guys. Oh, man. I got to go back and listen to that episode. They, they, they were declared safe. The kickers were not declared safe. And look at it now. Omaha is not declared safe. Yeah. Look how the tables have turned. Um, yeah, let, let's look at Tormenta. We know how Tormenta's gonna line up. Pretty much we know who the starting goalkeeper is gonna be for them because Yara has seemed to have lost his starting job there. Um, we know it's gonna be Kachana Sterling, other guys. How does Richmond not only get the maximum number of points in this game, but how are you expecting them to line up? I mean, the lineup's gonna be <laughs> exactly what. I mean, the only questions are, does he play Stu or not? And then who gets the nod at the right wing? Yeah. You know, it's, yeah I feel like, you know, Ben Bentley more often than not lately, which is fine. But sometimes we see EVD get the yeah. nod. Yeah, I think it's really just comes down what kind of game Darren wants to play. I, I think at this point, I think, would you agree with me that uh, Gordon is a, uh, a super sub at this point? Certainly looks that way, doesn't? I mean, evidence keeps pointing in that direction that you know he's Darren's you know first you know wing sub each game, no matter what you know, depending on you know who needs more effective than like those thirty minutes spurts than playing a full ninety. Yeah, I think he's probably fully capable of going the full ninety, but yeah, I don't argue he just looks more effective. Yeah, I mean, I think it's – yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure – I think – I mean, really, you probably got three positions you could probably put up for grabs. That's the center back besides Jalen, left back, and right wing. That's really it. I said that every position is kind of – I'm going to only say two because I'm pretty confident at this point that, you know, Dakota is, you know, Darren's preferred choice next to Jalen. Think so? You think Dakota got got to lock them over Arnie? What was the last time we really you know saw any deviation from that? Uh, you know, one game out of the last like you know ten or eleven. Like ever since Arnie got that red card out at uh, Fuego, he's mostly been a reserve. I think he's had one start since then. Uh we'll see. Tormenta, he started. I'm just going back to the last three. Let me see. Yeah, well, I mean, you're kind of pretty much right. Uh, let's see, the game before. Yeah, you're pretty much dead on. You're right. Um, well, you know, he also started the Greenville match. No, the 2-2 draw in Fuego. So he has two in the last five games. I mean, his last six. But outside of that, it's been Dakota. Yeah, so uh, and I think – they pair like, their skill sets pair a little bit more ideally to how you want you know, things to go because I think we were talking at the beginning of the year like you know yeah we had the you know kind of the twin towers back there but uh, you know Dakota is somebody who's probably a little bit more of a you know ball possession ball advancer yeah. you know, kind of player and it's not like he's tiny you know either he's you know still solid what six one six two something like that mm-hmm. yeah no he's he's a solidly built center back yeah. Just next, looking next to the other two, he looks tiny. <laughs> right. With that the partnership of Dakota and Jalen, what do you think is is a good, you know, what, what makes him such a good pair? Because a lot of times what we see with Jalen is I, I think Jalen's the ball progressor out of the center back group because to me, he's always seemed the one that, that, that launches that diagonal ball to, uh, to Bolaños, mm-hmm. whereas Dakota is kind of more of the sweeper. I, I would look at it as you know more you know Dakota's more the guy you're gonna see dribbling the ball forward and you know being the guy you know probably a little more comfortable playing it out of tight spots. Okay. Uh yeah, so I think you're gonna see him you know, doing a lot more of the connecting with the midfielders, whereas yeah, Jalen, you know, loves the long diagonal. And yeah, yeah I think that's probably uh, you know 
instructions from the coaching staff a lot of times. Oh, there's yeah, no, it has to be. Yeah, there's no way he does it that often. Otherwise, <laughs> right. like we automatically know, like when Jalen gets to a certain point, all right, it's a long diagonal. We know. Yeah. So, I, I think that's you know kind of the, you know the key thing. They can both they can both distribute the ball well, but I think they do it in you know slightly different ways and with different styles. That that's a little bit of diversity you know, to how the team can play. Um, so yeah, let, uh, Tormenta game. What are your thoughts for this game? How do you think this game is going to play out for us? Uh, I, I think you got to look out for you know a couple key things. So they have a lot of you know smaller, really quick guys. You got uh, you know Kingsford. You got uh, you know Kelle. Uh, you got uh, who else? If I'm mistaken, Bill Hart is there, right? Bill Hart. Uh, yeah. he, you know, I wouldn't necessarily you know. Put him on the same like you know tier of speed and quickness, uh, you know as those other two guys. But they, they like to move the ball around. They like to be able to you know go one on one quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's something that you know our guys have to kind of look out for, uh, especially you know if, you know Simon or whomever is at you know left back you know this week because they it'll be a different challenge. You know, I think, uh, but then you know, beyond that, they got their big boys in the back. They got Phelps. They got uh, you know, you know, Dangler. So aerial balls might not work so well, but we, don't, we really don't do that that much. No. You know, <clears throat> that's where uh, it's going to be. Emmy being able to you know, find the pockets of space and be able to use his uh, you know, quickness to find those individual moments, but you know, letting the guys you know, blaze down the wing and you know, try to do their thing that way. Yeah, I think that's going to be key. I think another matchup that's going to be a good thing to keep an eye on is how does Terzaghi deal with their center back duo? Because we know how Terminta is. They're going to be a very physical team, and they're going to be looking to pretty much body Terzaghi out of the game. Is there anything Derek can do to try to counteract that? I don't think you need to worry about that. Like, Emmy's not a guy who's going to win physical battles most of the time that that's just not his game he's more of a guy who is you know, going to you know work to you know drag guys in and out of you know position and then you know you kind of hit them with that you know one quick step to get you know in front of them and you know flip the ball you know you know passing into the goal or you know be able to what he might be able to try to do is you know pull them you know back into the midfield a little bit more because we know he's capable of uh, you know, doing that, you know, uh, dropping, receiving the ball to either outlet it you know, to a wing or to be able to you know, eat a foul, essentially. And that might help to open up, you know, some space, you know, there. So that's how I think he, you know, affects the game, you know, outside of the goals, you know, obvious comment. Uh, you know, but I think that's where he can you know, kind of be, you know, of good use. Yeah, I do. I think there – I think one way Darren might be able to look to counteract it is, like you said, get get Chazaki to do what he does best. <clears throat> and that is to manipulate space, but to also like kind of dart it in and out in between the center backs, you know, because we know Phelps. We, we know what Phelps want to do with Chazaki. He wants to get his body real close to him and use his physicality to try to beat where Chazaki. And I think Chazaki can win this battle if he just, you know, use, abuses the space around him and open up space for others like Bentley or EVD or Vignals to come into an attack. So, Yeah. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be the most complicated you know, process of all time. I mean, yeah. I think this team has shown that, hey, they have a system that they can be able to, you know, put forth, they can be able to utilize and, I mean, they've put five past Tormenta so far this year. Yeah, so they're doing something right so far. Doing something right. They are. Most definitely are. We're hoping and looking forward to another kicker's win. Um, a win would most definitely – playoffs are locked. We're 99.9% locked in for playoffs. We don't have to have that conversation anymore. But as we look at it now, I think the next task is buy, we get, get the buy and get the one seed. So – Matt, you are the math uh, expertise. How are we looking to get that one seed locked up, given that if we win against Tormenta? Sure. So right now, uh, 
all, all the teams that matter to us. I'm not going to bother with who's on the cut line for making the playoffs or not because there's irrelevant uh, into this discussion right now. But as of right now, the kickers are five points you know up on Greenville and Omaha, six points up on Tormenta, seven points up on Charlotte, and nine on Chattanooga. You know, so all, all the teams have played the same amount. All the teams have three left. So any point gained, any point lost. Uh, you know, by Chattanooga, they're out. That shouldn't be an issue yeah. at all. So, you know, that takes care of the six seed. For Charlotte, they can get, you know, nine more points. They can get to 48. So any one win for the kickers uh, will take care of it. Any loss by Charlotte or even a draw by Charlotte will get them maxed out at 46, which is where we're at now. And we're 19 goals ahead of them at this point. I don't think that's going to get turned. No. You know, by any means. Uh, so really, you know, Charlotte has to win out and hope the kickers don't pick up two draws. All right. Those two, things, those two things happen. The home game is assured. Uh, in terms of Tormenta, six points up on them right now. So if the kickers beat Tormenta, they can't finish behind Tormenta. If they draw them, It'll be six points up with two games to go with an 18 point with an 18 goal lead. Basically done at that point. You know, to lock up over Tormenta. And then, you know, the you know, to kind of go for that buy, go for that one seed. You know, again, Greenville and Omaha can max out at 50. The kickers are at 46 right now. The kickers are gonna have again the tiebreaker unless Greenville just absolutely hammers us on the last day of the season, which I don't think we really need to worry about. No. So if the kickers can you know, pick up four points in the last three games, doesn't matter what happens anywhere else. Right? Yeah, no. It's a really fun scenario for us. If the kickers win on Saturday, they'll give them 49 points. If Greenville, who plays Tucson, and Omaha, who plays North Carolina, don't win, they'll their match will be forty-seven or forty-eight, depending on what they do. So conceivably, by nine thirty on Saturday night, kickers could win the league if everything breaks right. There you go. There you go. Well, that's how everything breaks down. It works out for us to win the league. Um, and kind of pretty much works out perfectly. That would be great if we could win the league by then. Uh, I will be in Charlotte definitely celebrating that, and I will have an extra beer if we can get that done and dusted. I will be in Georgia Ooh. at the game. Are you going to be – oh, yeah, the stadium opening. That's going to be kind of fun. What do you think they're going to do for it? Lose? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still a tormented home game. That's what they do at home. Yeah. That is so weird, man. That team. For the team that has, like, the best road record in USL League One, um, their home record is so abysmal. Right. So I mean, really, we're doing them a favor if we take points off them because that will help them to not have a playoff home game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we kind of talked about it before the show started, but there is a possibility of which – a team on 40 points could miss out on the playoffs, which is hilarious. It's so sense. Not a problem I'm caring about right now. No, 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 no. Look, I, I think our main focus is get as many points as we can. Um, if I'm not mistaken, let's see, we're on 49. We get to 55. It said the the points record. We I mean we can, but it won't be. You know, in the same rebel with Junior Ma did last year on 51 points in 28 games because we would have played two games more. But I don't care about that. Nope. Um, I just I want to hurry up and get stuff done, Clint, so we can rest up and be chilling and cruising these last the last year. Question for you. Yeah, what's up? Who would be your preferred uh, playoff opposition? Uh so, you know, and like, how would you want the playoff brackets to be looking if you got to draw them up yourself? If I had to draw them up myself, yeah, I 
So obviously, kicker's one seed. That goes without saying. Yeah. Um, but, if you if you had to ask me right now, I th- uh, now what do you think will happen? What do you want to happen? Okay. So sixty, I'll put Noko. Um, five Charlotte, four Tormenta, three Greenville, four Union, us one. I think we'll end up with Charlotte in the semifinals. We'll beat them, and I think in the final we'll play. Uh, I think we'll play Noco. No, my fault. I think we'll play Greenville in the final. Okay. And then we'll play Greenville in the final. All right. What about you? What do you think? So it's tough. Yeah, it's tough when you look at it. Because I'm thinking on Chattanooga missing out. Yeah, I'm I mean there's that side of it, but then I'm also you know trying to think about who do I even want to get that second seed? Like if we can if there's a way to finesse it that Tormenta gets the two seed, I wouldn't mind that necessarily. Yeah, because not really scared. Also, it would be really funny to see Greenville and Omaha both have to play in the quarters, which would be messy. Look, there's a way. I'm telling you, man. There's still a way they can play on the road. Yeah, like it's not unreasonable to think that. I think if I'm not wrong, there's still a possibility of Greenville or Union Omaha dropping down to six. Oh, definitely. They're only four points ahead of Chattanooga right now. Yeah. So you still got all these possibilities they can play out. Yeah, I, I think I would, I would want to see Charlotte in the you know, semifinals. So you know, I guess the easiest way to guarantee that is having the, the sixth seed and then you know upset whoever finishes third. Yeah. Yeah, I feel probably most confident you know playing them right now, and then yeah, bring Tormenta back up here you know, for the final. I'd be cool with that. I, yeah, I know they're better on the road, but I mean, I, I can't help but to look back a couple of weeks ago and took care of them fairly handily at home. Yeah, it kind of felt like a game where near the end, it's definitely that last little Diplomia scored. Uh, it kind of just gave in. Kind of just felt like they kind of just threw it all in. So. But. All right. Well, fans, look, if you got any predictions how you think the playoffs are going to finish and lay out, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter yeah. at RiverCity93. Let us know. Got another um, question for you. Oh, another one. Okay. This, one, this one's not as complex, I promise. All right. <laughs> Do you think yeah, uh, you know, the kickers can once again top uh, their 5,300 attendance you know, from Saturday for the home finale against Greenville? Yes, I think they can. I think, think. Do you think they will? Maybe that's better. I think, they, I think they will. I think we will see a six thousand crowd for the final. Okay. I All think right. we will see. I think we will hit six six k for the final. If we get to the final, I I fine with saying we hit. We're, we're not losing. We hit six k. Nice, nice. Okay, yeah. I mean, like the, the crowd was great on Saturday like you could you know hear you know, even from you know the corner where we sit you know fans near the end of the game really you know like, you know, getting you know up and excited you know those last corner kicks it looked like the teams were chasing the winner at the very end uh and I mean, just the aesthetics of it when you know the stands fill in I'm not going to say they're they're packed or anything but as they fill in around the corner over towards you know each of the uh you know Ad banners that are you know tied off on some of the bleachers, it just makes the stadium look so cool. It does, yeah. man. It, our stadium is one of the most unique stadiums in USL because everyone sits on one side. So it's like when you're setting up and you look at it, it's like it, I'm not a lot of you. It looks like a full sea of red, and it just you know there was one point I guess where the stadium started doing the wave, which was kind of funny. Yeah, I have mixed thoughts there, you know, because <laughs> personally I hate the wave, but, you know, when, you know, our very own Luke Pavone comes over and is like, hey, can you guys, you know, try to start the wave? It's like, no. All right, you have terrible no, taste right now, Luke, but fine. But, yeah, I mean, but even then, like, that was the point where I looked and I was like, holy cow, like, 
this stadium is packed tonight because you can see everyone just stand up and granted there's I, the stadiums would be even more packed if you take the people that were on the concourse and put them in the stands. Like the stadium would be even more full by then. But yeah, man, it's it's it's, it's a great thing when you see City Stadium packed to the brim like that, and especially you see Section O packed the way how it was. And before we finish, I keep forgetting to say this. Shout out to our man Doug Doobie. Um, he made his return to City Stadium. Uh, for those who didn't know, Doug had a stroke. In the middle of the summer, so it was great to see him out there in good spirits, man. It was good to see him out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. Actually, you you think the kickers can crack five, uh fifty three k again? I mean, not fifty three k. Fifty three k, no. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I was gonna say if they reach the final, let's you know shoot bigger. Let's shoot for like a seven k or you know, something. I, like look, that. it might happen, man. It might happen, especially if. We play somewhere regional like a Greenville. Yeah. Like you you might it, it might whew, you, we're gonna set the attendance record for sure for that. Um yeah, man. I, you just uh, think about it like I mean okay. I, I guess I have to say something on, on that because you right. know, I, I get I get the league enough crap all the time about you know coming up with you know fake attendant you know, fake records for everything because disregarding you know the past. That's not the attendance record. Uh, it's the attendance record in the League One era. Yeah. It's not the attendance record. No, it's the League One era. Um, but it, it would be cool to see see that stadium packed out like that, man. It would be great. It's great. So credit to the front office and whatever they've been doing. It's been amazing. Also credit to the team because they've been doing it. Um, before we wrap up, my good man, anything else for you before we wrap up? No, I – Kind of on the last topic, one one regular season home game left. There's going to be an, another one after that, but yeah, come on out, you know, for what should be a celebration. You know, bring your friends, bring I don't bring not your friends, uh, you know, you know, to the game, and you know, everybody will have a good time, make new friends, and yeah. uh, keep showing out what Richmond can do. You know, they'll take care of the on the field part. We'll take care of the off the field part. Right. I, I need everyone to invite ten people. Let's make it happen. Um, by the way, also shout out to Matt again. Matt has written another awesome article on Hughes, Hugh Roberts. I know I shouted out last time, but I'm gonna shout yeah. out again. Um, make sure you check that out, rivercity93.com. Check out this man Grace work because he's writing some excellent articles. And I know I've been promising an article on Zaka. It's coming, it's not on my part. I've submitted the questions. He's waiting for them to get back. So you guys can read that Very wonderful serious. article. You're saying this is Zaka's fault. Yeah. Well, you know, he's patrolling the midfield, so, you know, he got to take care of that first. Um, But, yeah. With that being said, y'all, we will holler at y'all next week. As always, you can follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, at RiverCity93. For Matt, my name is Yogi. We will holler at you guys next week. Be safe and be easy. Oh, Lord, I forgot to play video.